Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio with Linda Prater. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Each week with intriguing guests and topics, we'll bring you fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging a shift to new, healthier perspectives. Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. And now here's your host, Linda Prater. Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio. We are so glad that you have joined us today. We firmly believe that women are healthiest when they consider all aspects of themselves. So we want to know, what do you dream about? Tuck away for tomorrow. And we will talk about these topics each week with captivating guests covering the obvious to the things you seldom think about, but all of which make women unique. If not today, then when? We're going to talk about being your best possible healthy self, and we'll do our best to help you thrive. I'd love to introduce you to our guest for today. Her name is Tori Shannon. She's an author, blogger, student of the world, and someone who sends her energy out into the world for good. Welcome to Wise Health for Women Radio, Tori. Thank you so much, Linda. It's great to be here. I am so excited to talk about life with you today. Basically, we all are pressed hard all the time. And I think the the point of Wise Health for Women Radio is really to talk about the things that make us healthy and whole. It's important to eat right and exercise and hydrate, all the things that the New Year's resolutions are about, usually. But I, I want us to also think about the things that make our life more vital, um, more vibrant, and, and that's what you and I talked about before this. We, we talked about how you've been through a lot and challenges hit everyone. As, as we all know, everyone's got something in their life. But today we're going to talk about you, where you were, we'll call it before, middle and after. And <laughs> I, I think that we'll come to some revelations. And I do know that your words will resonate with so many because women don't often give themselves permission to reach. And I'm delighted. So can you start with, we'll call it your before. Sure, sure. Um, I am 47. So I've had quite a few years of obstacles in the way. So, you know, we all know that there's no life is without obstacles or pressures or constrictions or discomfort and so on. But I found myself waking up one day in my early 40s, I was kind of going through this identity crisis. I really didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do or how I was going to get there. And I woke up one day and I, I I hardly recognized the person that was staring back at me in the mirror. And it really just woke me up to the fact that I had lost who I was mm-hmm. and didn't know when it happened. Um, I All I knew is that I was in a constant crisis mode. I um, Years earlier, had uh, had a catastrophic event happen in my life. My then ex-husband um, was a uh, was wounded in combat, and through our journey, we had actually remarried. We have children together, but I took on um, caregiving uh, to a very extreme level and literally uprooted my entire life. So I was at the point a few years later going, wait a minute, what happened to me? And this wasn't part of the plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, let's regroup. What can I do? Um, Because when I looked around me, 
like I said, I was in this constant crisis mode. I was putting out perpetual fires in my day, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because my day could change on a dime, just like anybody else, but more so as a caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I had no predictability and I was constantly reacting to all the stimulus around me. Instead of being proactive, I was reactive. And so I was spread really, really thin. And I, I just couldn't even think most of the time. And if I did, I would invest my thinking energy into lamenting about my situation. Do you think that you had heightened emotions at this time too? Because when oh, you're dealing yeah. with crisis all the time, doesn't it escalate everything else? Oh my gosh. My, my, my limbic system was on overdrive. I was <laughs> definitely, um, constantly, constantly high alert, high stress. Um, the way I describe it is that I have to be in a continuous level of awareness around me because I had to listen and look for all the signals that my husband may be going into a PTSD episode. Mm -hmm. So I had this situational awareness about me all the time of anticipating the next crisis. Exhausting. It it is exhausting. It it even affects you while you're sleeping because you're Mm -hmm. listening while you're sleeping. So Mm -hmm. there was no real downtime. And I just felt very um, cluttered in my thinking. And I was um, anticipating, like I said, everything. So I knew that I was getting into some dangerous territory because the mindset, paying attention to that mindset, it was actually a familiar thing to me. Um, I had a past history of becoming suicidal. And that's kind of a long story. And I talk about that in a documentary that I had done um, that's on my website at ToriShannon.com. But basically, I had gotten myself into a crisis and I knew that I was stepping into that slippery slope and that familiar Mm. territory. And I said, no, I cannot go back to that. That's not where I want to go with my life. So So how vulnerable did you feel at that point? Oh, very vulnerable. You know, I... I, um, you know, waking up and looking in the mirror, that wake up, that aha moment of, holy crap, who is this person staring back at me? I think that, you know, we're prone to this as women and especially as caregivers, that things gradually start happening to you and not for you. Mm-hmm. And I lose touch with ourselves. And it's very invasive. It's insidious. It's pervasive. It's like the frog in the water story. Um, right. You've heard that one, but it's basically the concept of the of the story is that if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water, it'll jump out. But if you put the the frog in a pot of cold water and then slowly bring it up into temperature, it, it won't perceive the danger and it'll potentially be cooked to death. So I just felt like I was a frog in the water. And, but this time I was noticing the heat. <laughs> you know, that's a valuable point to make because, you know, I think one of the benefits to growing older and wiser is that when we're young and foolish, if we do learn from our experiences, you are able to identify where you were. And, and I think sometimes social mores are playing a role as for women, I mean, there's there's the good girl. There's you're taught to act a certain way, and to be a certain way. Did you find any of that affected you as well? Oh, definitely. I I grew up um, 
with a, with um, an older generation parents. My my parents were um, very old school. They they were born during the depression. They were World War II babies. They they had different ways of thinking about the world. And I literally found myself trying to undo four decades of conditioning. We were brought up to be the good girl and not speak up or speak out for what we needed. Um, you know, I, and, and I don't want to criticize my parents. It's just they came from a different framework or different mm-hmm. mindset. My parents um, were, were great parents, but, you know, they taught us to be mannerly and that, you know, doing something for yourself was actually considered selfish mm-hmm. because that's how they were brought up. Mm-hmm. So I was in this perpetual giving mode. And what that meant was I was giving all of myself away and nothing got replenished. Ugh. And so when I really started looking at, okay, what's the problem here and what can I do to, to get past it? I had to really give myself permission to undo all the conditioning, not only from my upbringing, but society's conditioning as well. Do you Uh, think that women in general have this, uh, to rail against it for lack of a better word, is this identity crisis equivalent to, Um, a woman's midlife crisis? And is this all there is kind of outlook? Yeah, I think so too. You know, a lot of people talk about midlife crisis and, you know, the image of a a middle-aged man going and getting a hot sports car. In red. You know, in red and so on. (laughs) You know, I, I, I realized that I was struggling with my identity, but it wasn't one of those deals where I gave everything up and, and went and toured the world. It wasn't like that. It was more of, I really just found myself exhausted and I, I realized I'd stopped dreaming about better days. There you go. And when I, I, when I identified this and started verbalizing it to people around me, I found out that they were not open to me changing. Um, there's a uh, crab in the bucket concept. And, you know, if the, the, the theory is, is you put a bunch of crabs in a bucket, um, one will try to climb out, try to better themselves or to try to rise above the situation. And the other crabs will pull it down with the concept of if I can't have it, neither can you. I and, live in Maryland and that's a very good visual because yeah, that's exactly what crabs do. Exactly. And I was realizing, wait a minute, the more that I verbalize or express my desire to those around me to better myself, and not everybody. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just saying I noticed that there were some people that were very, very resistant to me improving my situation or my mindsets. So I just basically said, OK, I've got a problem here. I don't even I don't even have permission from people around me to improve myself. But my biggest critic was me. I now, wasn't giving when myself writing? permission to it, improve myself. True. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is that when your writing began? Yeah, it kind of happened by accident. I had some, some, uh, well, I had some criticizers, if you will, uh, a few years back. Um, it was in late 2009. I was getting ready to move to a new state entirely. My husband had retired medically from the army and I moved out to Colorado and found that in the interim, somebody was impersonating me. So oh my. I, I grabbed my my website, ToriShannon.com, kind of as a fluke, got started as a fluke because I didn't want somebody to abuse that that domain and, and use it to um, perpetuate their their um, 
their mission. So I kind of put a placeholder there, but a lot of people were saying, you know, I really resonate with what you're, what you're expressing on social media and little stories I was telling. So they said, you're such a good writer. Why don't you write? And so I started blogging and found, I really, really loved it. It was very cathartic for me. And when people started saying to me, I thought I was the only one you mean mm-hmm. you have that problem too? It gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh my gosh, I found my tribe. I'm not alone. <laughs> Isn't connection an amazing thing? Because when oh, women yeah. connect, especially with other women, I think it makes an enormous difference, which is exactly why we are talking to amazing women who flourish despite the odds. And we are going to go on a short break. You're listening to Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll be back after these short messages. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free, many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Osteoporosis affects 10 million people in the U.S. and is described as a generalized loss of bone density causing skeletal weakness. When the amount of bone falls below a certain threshold, fractures occur with little or no trauma. There are 206 bones in your body, and everyone is crucial to staying active and pain-free as you age. Exercise is one of the most beneficial things you can do for your bones. Choose weight-bearing exercises, especially weightlifting, to keep your bones strong and to prevent bone loss. To improve bone density, the key is to keep your feet on the ground, such as walking, running, or aerobic dance. The impact of your heel hitting the floor sends a vibration through your skeleton that stimulates cell growth in the bones. Exercise helps prevent bone loss. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back to Wise Health for Women Radio. You know, Tori, as we come back, I know that we were talking about the changes that you made in your life. When you had that aha moment and decided to make changes, even though there were those who were resistant to your doing so, what was going through your mind and what did you do? Well, I figured I could either stay stuck and spin my wheels um, or I can take that same amount of energy that I was putting into spinning my wheels and actually put it towards getting unstuck. Um, looking at those around me, I really had to pick my battles. And 
I just decided that I'm going to do this and um, and and move forward in a way that that made sense for me. And if somebody didn't want to hop on that wagon with me, then that's their problem, not mine. I really had to give myself permission to improve my own self and not worry about whatever other people thought or what they said and so on. So it was um, it was a bit of a shift. I, it was scary. It was a big leap. So, you know, I, I tried to just um, think I had to think about myself for a change. <laughs> what is and 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 that's not always an easy thing to do. So no. I I I missed being in the working world. And one of the things that um, that my background was in business management. I was a business owner, and I had done retail management and so on. So I one of my mottos as a business manager was work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. And. I shifted away from that concept because I thought it required having a title or a job to actually apply it. And it's actually not that it's a mindset. So I decided to kind of treat my life as though it were a business. And so I kind of um, meshed together my background with my present circumstances and decided to treat my entire life as though it were a business. You know, it's interesting because what you're really talking about is setting personal goals, finding a purpose, you know, being on a mission and accomplishing things. It It's a good way to think about life and not wasting it, not just accepting it, but living it. Right, right. You know, I, I, I kind of looked around me and I said, okay, if these are what would be considered my employees, uh, what I realized was that I had created this accidental codependency of Mm. those that were around me and the payoff for me, the reason why it was accidental is that, you know, I needed to feel like I was needed Mm -hmm. and what it was, was fake job security. What I was doing was making it so that I was the bottleneck for everything going on in our household. Mm -hmm. And I was creating the demand because I had this unsatisfied need within me to be needed, to be important, to be um, the go-to person. And as much as as that is great, it can actually get toxic. And it does you or the people around you. So I really had to get honest about what was broken in my life and what was needed to fix it. And that started with me. It wasn't outside of me. It was all within me, um, you know, and, and because of this um, need to be needed, I had no boundaries for anyone around me. Um, I didn't know how to say no to people. It would just kill me to tell somebody no. And I had to learn how to just stop and create these healthier boundaries, learn that no is actually not a bad word. Right. Um, and, and let people start being more independent and finding their own solutions to their own problems. And, you know, there's a, there's a pro- proverb that says, not my circus, not my monkeys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I had to remember what was mine and what, what somebody else needed to carry. So I, I really just needed to shift away from the whole, I need to be the center of everything in, in everybody else's life and actually be the center of just me. And focus just on me. You bring up an important point. When women are the fixers, which I, I think is a, a nurture aspect and being needed and all of that is is somewhat of a trait known to women, although known to some men as well. But is it a trap? 
And is it one that you, you have to be aware is there? And as it closes in on you, you have to know when to push back. Yeah, that's the uncomfortable part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. Things get very scary. And you you really do. You, you're for the for some women and in some cases with some people, for me, it was the first time I was actually giving resistance and saying, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or right. what's preventing you from being able to do this? This was this was one of my favorite comebacks when I first started this journey is, well, what have you done? so far to right. solve the problem. And if they showed no effort whatsoever in solving their problem, then that's not somebody I needed to invest my time in because they weren't willing to invest time for themselves. That's a very valuable lesson to learn. If people are going to depend on you, you can choose to help them if you want to. But if you do, you will find that you are a magnet for people who are just yes. delighted to have you help them. Yes. And that's where the codependency comes in. And that's Mm -hmm. where the dysfunction comes in. And that's where you really get stuck in a trap. Um, You really need to be able to um, be aligned with somebody who's willing to put in their own work. You know, what I love is that at this point in your life, I believe from our previous discussions, this is where you went and got yourself a coach who wrote the New York Times author of she wrote the book, You Are a Badass, which yeah. suits you very, very well. So talk to us about that. Well, I realized I needed someone to teach me or at least hold me accountable in this journey. I knew what I needed to do. But when you've got so many people uh, around you, either resistant or unsure of what your changes even are, the more people you can you can kind of bring into your inner circle that are going to help you get to where you want to be, the better. So I knew it was going to be way too easy to slip back into my old habits. And I had to get out of the mindset that got me to where I was. Mm -hmm. So I needed somebody to either teach me or hold me accountable. So what I did was, and this is another big leap. Okay. This is, you know, any change requires big leaps and bravery and courage. And I wasn't feeling very courageous at that moment. So I made a really (laughs) huge decision And it really scared the crap out of me, but I spent some good money on myself and hired a coach of my own. And I chose Jen Sinceros. She's the New York Times author of You Are a Badass. She was offering a group coaching program with the option to have private coaching. And I upgraded to the private coaching and she woke me up with challenging my limiting beliefs and ingrained concepts. And how did that feel? Oh, it was actually very liberating. Um, from the beginning? Oh, yeah, actually, she she really shook me to my core. You know, she, I gave her some resistance. I said, I, I told her I couldn't really put in the time for self-improvement. I was having trouble scheduling and so on. And I felt that it would be really selfish of me to spend that kind of money or that kind of time. <laughs> and she quickly reminded me that if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, she put it this way. She said, look, if you got hit by a bus tomorrow, God forbid people would actually give you permission to lay in a hospital bed and recover, wouldn't they? And I was like, well, yeah, there's no other choice. I mean, getting hit by a bus is a pretty pretty catastrophic thing. She said, well, people are going to naturally understand that if you're not available for a few weeks to focus on your ability to heal and recover, which this is, Mm -hmm. why is self-care and prevention any different than any other kind of care? So she said, the universe has a way of making us stop. It Whether sure does. Like not getting sick 
uh, having a car accident. Um, you know, this, this kind of goes in a little bit of woo-woo stuff. But, but the thing is, is the universe will give us signs that we need to pay attention to. And if we right. don't pay attention to those signs, it will insert itself. Why have you get hit by a bus? Or Inevitably, something? right. Yeah. So I figured, well, I might as well make it my idea and have some sense of control of how I ultimately learn how to slow down than to have that type of universal intervention. You exactly. Know? How did you use your time? Well, you know, it, it almost was, um, it, it's like the moment I started uh, having a curious mind um, about new ways of doing things, she opened that door for me to learn how to get out of my own way and to make sure that I considered self-care paramount. So I decided to watch as many documentaries, listen to as many podcasts, interviews, webinars, and books of people that were successful. Mm-hmm. The, um, I, I took every available moment that I had um, because it didn't stop with just Jen Sincero. I researched what I consider to be successful people and try to figure out what made them tick. Right. What do they have to do? To, what did they have to do to get out of their own way? What tools are they using to you know, help them get to where they are? What mindsets help them get there? And I literally I put headphones on and would while I'm cooking dinner, listen to a podcast or if I was in the car and driving, I would listen to books on tape. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's like my audible um, university. And, right. Yes. And so any available moment that I had that was realistic, I would invest in learning more and I would research other people. So I really had to dive deeper into their stories to see how I could apply it to my own situation. And, you know, it it was interesting to have a notebook constantly on here nearby, or I, I had a digital recorder where if I had a thought or an idea, I would just record it and and and, and transcribe it later and review so, it later. But I did my own dictation for my own life. Now, as you found your creativity and found this energy moving in a new direction, did it create more energy and more creativity? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I looked at my life at, on, on an energetic basis. Mm-hmm. Everything that I did was energy-based. All the time management tools in the world aren't going to work if you have no energy within those blocks of time. Mm-hmm. So I created like this energy system, this calendar system based on energy and not events. I started um, cutting down on how many decisions I had to make in a day so I could preserve my energy. Um, I had to be more present and more mindful so I would slow down. I actually was taking away things, not adding things to my life. Mm -hmm. But I had to give myself permission to do these things and to say no in a healthy way and let go of the mindsets and stories that disempowered me. And, you know, like a scarcity mindset, that had to go. And I really had to just really dig deeper into my own truth and reveal the new layers that were under underneath what was hiding. I love it. Because if you take away what doesn't matter, and a lot of things in life do not ultimately matter, you get down to an abundance mindset. And we'll talk more about that after the break. We are listening to Wise Health for Women Radio, and we're talking with Tori Shannon today. We'll be right back.
We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. It's Virgin Did Scotch tape originate in Scotland? Nope. The popular gift wrapping tape was actually developed right here in the United States. In 1926, the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company, 3M, was being a bit rapacious, trying to save a little scratch or money, and started using a cheaper adhesive on their sticky tape. A Detroit automaker ordered some of this newer, cheaper tape to use for spray-painting auto bodies. But the automaker complained because the tape was scotch, a politically incorrect word that meant cheap or stingy. While the tape didn't have the adhesion to satisfy the automaker, it was hardly a Jifu jet. That's an unnecessary thing. It had many other uses, as we all know. So the tape was kept in production, and the name Scotch just stuck. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and for more Words You Never Heard, check out my podcast at wordsyounneverheard.com. Ah! That's a war face! Now let me see your war face! Ah! Weirdness. In the outrageous comedy, tune in Tuesday at 6 o'clock at Science at Man Bones Apple Tree Weirdness, Tuesdays at 6 on AstronetRadio.com. A fool is that fish, Welcome back to Wise Health for Women Radio. We're talking with Tori Shannon today about life changes that really make a difference when you use your energy in the way that gives you fullness of life, not a reduction in life. So before the break, we were mentioning that by making these choices, you found yourself with more abundance in terms of your life and your mindset. Talk some more about that. Yes, I, you know, I found a lot of traction, every bit of energy that I could carve out for myself, I reinvested in finding more energy for myself. And, you know, by letting go of things and letting go of this need to control the world outside of me and actually focusing on what I actually could control within me is, is really the key. I had to let go of mindsets and stories that disempowered me, um, you know, I, I really had to investigate what my limiting beliefs were and peel those layers back, like I was saying. And so one of the things that I had to do is I had to surrender, letting go mm-hmm. of control and the attachment to the outcome and so on. And But I'm getting a little ahead of myself. I didn't learn about those concepts until I actually sat down and had to learn how to ask for what I needed. And I'd love to tell you a little story about how the universe can actually conspired for me instead of against me, like the mindset that I came into this journey with. I was like, Please why do. is the world against me? And why do these bad things keep happening? And <laughs> why me? And oh, poor me. And oh, Lord, I had to let go of all of that. But um, I had a, a, a day where I just sat down and said, you know, it would be so nice to learn how to be a Zen Buddhist. It would be just so cool to do something like that. You know, <laughs> I really just need peace of mind. And I, right. you know, so I literally put it out into the world that this is what I wanted to do. And you have to understand, I live in a very, very, very remote area of the Colorado Rockies. If you read my blog, you're going to find out, that, you know, the nearest Walmart is like 90 miles away. Right. And 
the nearest traffic light is 45 miles away. So I live in this little bubble of no people. <laughs> and so when I put this out into the world, I kid you not, the next week, a mutual friend of mine that lived locally reached out of the middle of, of uh, out of the blue and said, I have this friend who goes to this really, really, really high profile um, Zen Buddhist uh, school. And she is getting her Buddhist chaplaincy and needs to donate 200 hours to somebody. Would you be interested oh in my. learning Zen Buddhism? I was floored, Linda. I, there I mean, there it is. There's your universe. This woman lived locally. I have been seeing her every week. We went way beyond the 200 hours. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> we, we see each other every week and have been for almost three years. And another example, you know, I thought, well, maybe that's just a fluke, right? Something else happened. I was really carrying a lot of tension in my life and it, I carry it in between my shoulder blades and I would actually pop ribs out of place oh my. from carrying that much tension. And I was in a lot of pain and really struggling with just being able to get through a day. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be so nice if I had a chiropractor that did house calls? That would just be so awesome. Well, about a month later, I go to the local farmer's market and there is a booth, a table on our little local farmer's market of a local chiropractor that did house calls. <laughs> See, there are no coincidences in life. I, I really don't believe that there are. And so I thought, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Back up. Let, am I seeing when I'm really seeing this guy? is doing house calls and he's a chiropractor and not only that he was a, a life coach he was a nutritionist he was sports therapy uh he was multifaceted it was a whole body whole mind uh approach holistic approach to mm -hmm. your health and wellness and get this he was so excited to have meet me and my husband that he donated his time as well Even better no money for this type of thing and he wrote us a letter and said i'd really like to work with you and your husband uh this is my way of giving back for his service and sacrifice to our country so you know if you will receive this offer which you need to get into next if you will receive this <laughs> offer, i'd like to work with you and I, I literally was in tears. I was like, the universe really was conspiring for me. Th those are not coincidences, mm -mm. the way I see it. What a gift. I mean, these, but what you are saying is when you shift your mind, when you shift from always giving to allowing yourself to receive, giving yourself permission to care for yourself and your family in a way that was again abundance versus paucity it made a difference those that's wonderful i i think that sometimes people don't realize the power of the mind and the spirit yes i had to i had to go into everything with a curious mind and that there was a, a possibility and that's where working with my zen mentor uh jill marie she taught me how to surrender and let go of control and to um really let go of all the, the limiting beliefs that got me into trouble to begin with. Mm -hmm. And she did it in a way that was um, safe for me. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to find somebody that's going to allow you to feel safe in that journey and not treat you as though you were broken to begin with. I think that's very, very important. That's important. We all understand that we were never broken. 
Mm-mm. I kept walking into every situation going, well, if I did better at this, or if I could do this, or, you know, if I weren't such a screw up or whatever, 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 you know, um, I had to learn how to realize that I wasn't ever broken. I might've been a little scrambled or rearranged from time to time, but I was never <laughs> broken. And so my Zen mentor really brought me up to speed. And this year, our main focus and, and this is an ongoing thing. Like I said, every week we go in and we really dig deeper. This year has been a real test on learning how to fully receive. That you is know, it, it's true. There's windows to the soul. They always say the eyes are the window to the soul. But unless you allow the light in, I don't think that ch- things change for for long. You know, maybe a momentary change here and there. How did you sustain Changes as you made them. You know, making changes sometimes people can manage, but sustaining them is a whole nother ballgame. Well, that's that's where I think the accountability uh, comes in, mm-hmm. uh, because you know I could just quit going and seeing my Zen mentor when things got uncomfortable. Because trust me, they got uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. She told me that some of her clients actually cuss her out and and storm out and never go back again. You know, so mm-hmm. she applauds me for coming back even when. I've got tears in my eyes and I am shaken to my core about what what my truth and my own reality was. I really had to be able to be broken wide open and Mm -hmm. let that light in. Like you said, guess what? Light shines through cracks. Absolutely. Feeling like you're all cracked and starting to fall apart. That's where the light starts shining in. Right. You've got to be able to to realize that those cracks are actually a good thing. Mm hmm. And that what is the saying? Um, things aren't falling apart. They're falling into place. Yes. I think that a lot of people, you know, when, when things start going really to crap all at once, um, they think, oh, my world is falling apart. Actually, <laughs> it may be that the universe is kind of rearranging things in your favor. You just don't realize it. And hindsight's always twenty twenty. True. I'm sure that everybody who's been through and, and you know, and I'm, and I'm, I, I hate that suffering even exists, but it does. It's a reality. Mm -hmm. It is the human experience. Suffering happens to everyone. However, we can choose to suffer (laughs) or we can choose to triumph. And making that transition can be very, very hard. But but the thing is, is when you actually um, look at what did I learn from this experience? What Mm -hmm. good came from this experience? What can I take from this experience and apply to the next time it happens? Because Lord knows there's always a next time that something happens. So Mm -hmm. it's this evolution. You, You carry what gives you value or what gives you strength and you leave the rest behind. You don't have to carry the whole load. You just put in your basket that which serves you. And that was another thing I had to learn of, of learning what really was serving me and what wasn't and letting go of all that did not serve me anymore. Well, don't you so, also think that we tend to gather more than we need? And when you, when you get so much more than you need, you sometimes lose sight of what is essential and what is extra. And, yes. and, I, and I, to me, I see people get into trouble when they have either more than they need or carrying more than they should. Um, and, and those are the kinds of things that you're talking about. You're saying, let me 
make choices and and you know frankly if we didn't have suffering we wouldn't understand the joy of triumph so you know there is rain so you appreciate the sun there's dark so you appreciate the light i think all of these things work in connection with one another yes you know um i think it was dolly parton that said you've got to have rain to have a rainbow and i, mm-hmm. I heard that years and years ago and I actually resented that for a little while i was like hmm. I'm, who needs who needs rain? You know, it's like, gosh darn it. But you know what? If you're ever in a plane and you're taking off and you're down in the airport and it's just raining, raining and just right. dreary. And as soon as that plane breaks through those clouds, what's above I love it? that. Sunshine. Sun. Right. As soon as you break through those clouds, it's constant sun above those clouds. It's like you've got to break through that. Right that overcast layer that's going on in your life and realize that just beyond the clouds, there really is sunshine. And because of the, my, my past history with suicide and so on, I, I really did not want to stay stuck under the clouds. It's just not a pretty place to be constantly. No, and have a great visual. Yeah, so at, you, you decided to go through this and then you started to create things to help other women to do this. Can you start telling us about that now before we go to the next break? Sure. I I um, learned how to ask for what I needed. I would start dreaming and planning of what would my future look like? And then I'd put it out into the world and I'd say, I would like to have this or something better. And I suddenly wasn't afraid anymore. And the unknowns were not a bad thing. And so I would start telling people, guess what? You have permission to dream. You have permission and the potential and the possibility to actually step into a space that serves you, that brings you joy, that that fills you back up again. And this is how I'm doing it. And it may not be right for you, but all I can do is tell you how I'm doing it and then see what works for you. So I started giving permission to other women to do exactly what I was doing and then telling them how I was doing it and what tools I was using or what mindset I was using. And all of a sudden, everybody around me was cheering for me and going, you go girl, you know, and, and I'm so glad you bring this up because I'm really struggling with it or I'm carrying this guilt or whatever. They started sharing their stories and this tribe and this community really started to gel together. And I, I paid attention to that. I thought, wait a minute, there's a need out there. The more I tell my story, the more I give permission for somebody else to live theirs. I love it. I love it. And change is often very, very challenging for people. And they they need to see someone succeed before they sometimes can dip their toe in the water, especially before they dive in. Let's talk more about that after this next short break. We're talking with Tori Shannon today. You're listening to Wise Health for Women Radio, helping women thrive. We'll be right back. We're Wise Health for Women Radio, and we'll return after these short messages. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life. 
and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome to News of the Odd. Associated Press writer Chris Kahn reported in September 2007 that six people had died from a brain-eating amoeba detected in Lake Havasu, a man-made lake on the border of Colorado and Arizona. The amoeba, Naglaria fowleri, had killed 23 people in the United States between 1995 and 2004. The amoeba thrives in warm waters, and infectious levels had been detected in lakes, hot springs, and even dirty swimming pools. When infected water gets into a body through the nose, the amoeba is able to travel up the olfactory nerve to the brain, destroying tissue along the way. Once within the brain, it begins feeding on brain cells. Stay tuned to astronetradio.com for more news of the odd. writer have been forever and planning a book in the future talk more about as you begin to send your energy out to help other women do the same thing sure I uh, took a lot of these lessons that I was just basically on a day-to-day basis I would share little tidbits here and there but people started saying I want to learn more what did you, what are you doing or or what did you let go of in order for that to happen or um, you know, I started getting questions. And so I pay attention to my audience. I listen to what their needs are and how I can possibly serve in, in a way that's working smarter, not harder. And writing is my way to do that. I could spend all day answering questions one-on-one, which is great, but I wanted to have more impact. So I started writing about some of these things and I decided, you know, it, it would make a lot of sense going back to the whole, you know, um, where I was fielding questions with people, what have you done so far to, to, to figure out your problem? And -hmm. if somebody wasn't doing the work or at least making an effort, then they weren't really invested in what the, what the outcomes would be a course, much like with, you know, when I, when I hired Jensen Cheryl, I was serious about change. It Mm -hmm. was a a scary thing for me to invest in myself. 
And I figured the course would be one way that I can field out those that are truly serious about making the changes they want. I will give value for free. I will still continue to share my story and guide people on the processes and so on. But I felt the course was digging deeper. Getting, getting into the core of those that truly were serious about change, I could package all my knowledge into lessons that they can do at their own pace, have lifetime access to as many times as they want. They can revisit the material as many times as they want and still have access to me and, and be able to kind of put it all into one place so that those right. for just that can go to that source. So I created a course called the Energy Alchemy Course, mm-hmm. and it's rolling out. Uh, today is my first session with my first core of students. Um, we're spending two hours a week with each other on live calls. The membership site will launch in April. And so, you know, I'm really moving towards this, this dream of being able to have more impact on a wider scale that not only serves them, but serves me as well. That's an important factor is that I couldn't be this well of, of giving, 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 giving um, for the rest of my life. I really needed to, to put this out to the world. And so I'm going to write the book and I'm releasing the course and I'm creating this huge expansiveness in my life mm-hmm. um, by, by speaking my truth. You know, I, I love your point. Well, it's true. And I think that everyone responds to something different and no doubt that your course will respond to the people who and wish it for the most but I really like your part about there's a saying that that I've used before and you must work with the willing because if you work the willing in what you're giving do we lose you Uh, I I can hear you now Oh, okay. What I was talking about is that there is a a, a saying about working with the willing, because if you aren't working with it, your energy is just going to ping right off them and go back out and be wasted. So I love that. Yeah. So I I love the way that you're going to do that. So with this high energy and giving others permission, are you finding that you are calmer in chaotic moments that you do have better responses i'm sure things are not perfect life is never perfect but do you have calmer responses are you using your energy wisely do you feel as though you're more fulfilled and satisfied are you thriving more yes definitely you know i I need to be very very clear it's not as though chaos went completely away Mm -hmm. i didn't um i didn't make everything around me cater to me. What I did was I learned how to cater to what was going on around me. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach others how to find the calm among the chaos Mm -hmm. because you can center yourself amongst chaotic situations. Um, Something as simple and transformational as learning how to breathe through it. You think woo woo, you think, oh, what's it going to matter? No, it it matters. Matter. And so I basically move people from the space of, oh, crap, into aha moments. Mm-hmm. And I give them permission and a plan uh, to optimize their higher energy days, identify what their patterns and their momentums are, their natural um, rhythms, if you mm-hmm. will, mm-hmm. and 
and and how to have a permission and plan for the low energy days. You're going to have really crappy days. And that's when right. we start to beat ourselves up and say, oh, I've got to catch up or, oh, I'm behind. I help you let go of that entire mindset. Right. I am never behind. I may not get everything done in a day, but I also have a plan for it to actually be quote unquote made up later, but I'm never behind. And so that brings this huge, immense sense of calm and confidence and ability and so on that that I think we all as women kind of need to lean into Mm -hmm. uh, and not feel like you're not keeping up or that you're defective or if you just did something better, et cetera. So, you know, I just give people not only permission, I'm right there with you. Not only am I doing it with you, but I help do it for you so you can get your own momentum and infuse your energy into the things that matter the most. I give the walkthroughs and step-by-step instructions, and I'm like right there with you doing it. So I have a lot of fun doing that. You know, to me, it's just really... Um, it's been able to give me the opportunity to put my gifts out into the world, which is being able to tell my stories and fully give myself permission to be me, the imperfect me, mm-hmm. and live an imperfect life and still come out intact and sane at the end of it. <laughs> you know, do you feel like we are generally, once you accept this mindset of, uh, the creative moments and to to live in the moments and to use the moments wisely. Do you feel that we are where we ought to be in the uh, in our place in the world? Yes. The, two key points. I think everybody is doing the best they can with what they have in any given moment. Mm-hmm. And when you recognize that, you kind of ease up that whole pressure. It doesn't matter what the pressure is from outside people. Mm-hmm. We tend to be our biggest critics. And when we're realizing that we're doing the best we can, with what we have in any given moment, doesn't that feel so much more liberating? It does. Um, it, it really just opens things up. And at the same time, you know, we, we don't need to be perfect. Um, perfection is an illusion. And when we start to embrace our imperfections and we give ourselves permission to be human, and Lord knows, I'll tell you if I screw something up. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a, it's, but to me, it's, it's part of the unknowns in life. You know, I lean into the mystery of the unknowns before, um, and I'm not sure how we're doing on time here, but I was You're on fine. a kayaking trip. I want to do a quick story. I was on a kayaking trip and whitewater rapids ahead of you. You don't know what you're going to run into. And no. I have a panic attack on the side of the, of the river. And I said, oh, I no. need to know what's ahead of me. I'm, I'm freaking out here. I need to know what's ahead of me. And my group said, that's the whole point, Tori. You don't know what's ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You just got to take the leap and start paddling and digging in and paddle through it. And it was kind of a, a metaphor for life. You know, I needed to learn how to step into the mystery of the unknowns and mm-hmm. see life as the adventure that it is. And you know, that was your personal outward bound moment. Oh, Lord, I was I was literally having a panic attack and I'm not prone to panic attacks. That's but I not fun tears in my eyes. And I was like, I've got to know what's ahead. And Mm -hmm. they said, the point is you're not supposed to know. You just dig in and you start paddling like crazy when, when the water starts getting rough. And guess what? My survival rate is a hundred percent so far. So I must be doing something like (laughs) everybody listening to the show. 
also <laughs> has the same survival rate. So we're doing pretty good, you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to make certain that people know where to find out more information about both um, you and about the courses and your, your journey. So where would they go to find out more information? Well, the, the best place, the most centralized place is going to ToriShannon.com. That's spelled T-O-R-R-E-Y-S-H-A-N-N-O-N, ToriShannon.com. Mm-hmm. I uh, will have a page about the, the course and so on there, as well as on Facebook. You can find some links to my social media, but I'm at Facebook.com slash ToriShannon. And um, you can also Google, you know, the Energy Alchemy course with Tori Shannon. But the, the fastest and most easiest, most efficient and, and, and best way to, to connect with me and find out more is at ToriShannon.com. And I really Perfect. invite people to, you know, if it's not a good fit for you right now, that's fine. I only want people that are really ready. You know, if you're not quite sure yet, then you're not ready. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Now, would you like... Would you say or liken this to um, your quest was to find the better or the best version of you at the time? Yes. Yes. I knew that I was capable of more. Mm -hmm. And instead of beating myself up for not being more, I just, again, everything in my life, I really started paying attention to what energy was coming in and what energy was going out. And it made no sense to me to sit there and berate myself and spend that energy knocking myself down internally about not doing enough, not being enough, not <laughs> not whatever, whatever that deficit was. It was generally uh, generated in my mind. So I, I decided to take that energy and put it towards being what you do want to be. But I had to get clear on what that was. I had to really sit down and learn about who I was, what I wanted, where I wanted to go, and how I was going to get there. And I needed help along the way to do that. And don't we all. Tori, thank you for sharing your story today. I, I think one of the reasons we created this program was because we want people to reach for the best version of themselves. Who surrounds you? Who's encouragers around you and women communicate in unique ways and we have to be able to celebrate the various approaches so all the things that you brought up today will work for some and provoke fresh thoughts of other options for others but what is holding you back and why we are wise health for women radio helping women thrive and we will be back next week with another show helping women to flourish thank you for listening thank you Thank you for tuning in today. You can find more shows at wisehealthforwomenradio.com.